welcome to another message presented by the ministry of Christian Faith Fellowship. We are fulfilling the call of God on this ministry to preach the Word of God without compromise, raising up disciples who through faith in God will have a powerful impact on our world. May you be blessed through the message that we have to share with you today. May God's very best be yours. Wednesday night, Pastor was talking about the excuses the devil gives us in the last days. And it was the excuses that Jesus told us that the enemy would give us in the last days. And one of the last things Pastor said was, Satan wants to make you weak. And that when he said that, it was just like, I don't know, for some reason, well, I know why, because the Holy Ghost prompted me on what I was supposed to speak about today. To pick up from there, Satan wants to make you weak. If he, a weak church is a powerless church, right? And that gives him more free reign to do his destruction and anything else he wants to do, right? So what I want to talk to you about today is how to be strong and how to be strong in the Lord. Amen? And we find how to be strong in the Lord in Ephesians 6 where it talks about the armor. So if you'll turn to Ephesians 6, and I brought my Bible that falls open to Ephesians 6. That's how much I've been in it, y'all. See? It just, the, everything after Ephesians 6 fell out. So, <laughs> this was my SMTI Bible, too. So, it is highlighted, underlined. There's some areas I can't even read it because, you know, it's bled through from the other side. But that's good. It's kind of like David's slingshot. You know what? That's what he was accustomed to. That's what he had proven. And this Bible is that one for me. It's the one I make all my confessions out of. So I want to talk to you about being strong in the Lord through the armor of God and being covenant-minded. I guess it was maybe two or three months ago that I was listening to a message about being covenant-minded. And I realized how far I had gotten away from that. I really, now, this is in no way an in-depth teaching on covenant. That, can, that takes months. <laughs> and I encourage you all to study about it. And I'm believing that Pastor or, or me one will do a teaching on covenant. Because it changes everything. It changes how you look at everything. When you realize that you're in covenant with God, you know you're never alone. Never alone. Isn't that awesome? And I was listening to uh, Chip Bram speak about this, and I thought it was really cool because it's like, hey, that's what I'm going to preach on. But he was talking about uh, one of his trips in Israel, talking to the rabbis about covenant, about Jewish covenants, and what all it included. And um, one of, he said, it starts out with promises and agreements, and they're spoken. What is God's word? It's promises, Right? It's, it's his covenant, right? It will means covenant. Um, there's always a blood uh, covenant in, included. There's always blood shed included in a covenant. We've had Jesus shed his blood for us. There's always an exchange of garments, a mutual agreement of authority. What has God done for us? Jesus told us in Luke 10, 19, I give you my authority delegated power. And so I want you to look at the armor as God giving us his garment. Because that's what it is. This isn't just armor. This is God's armor. And I hadn't seen it that way before. This isn't armor that he's just said, here, I've made this for you. No, he's saying, this is my armor. This is what I wear. And I'm going to exchange it and place it on you. Isn't that awesome? Then we get the word God's armor. It also is an exchange of weapons. My strength is your strength. Your enemies are now my enemies. Woo! Isn't that good to know? Anyone that comes up against you, they're not just coming up against you. They're coming up against God. Isn't that awesome? That's awesome. And, And if you're in a marriage covenant, think about that. It should be the same with us with our spouses. 
Amen? That's something I don't think some people realize. When you attack one spouse, you're attacking the other. If they're living in covenant together. Amen? Amen. So that's a whole nother teaching. We won't go there. But anyway, so Ephesians 6, starting in verse 10, and I'm going to read this from my Amplified, so it might be a little different from if you've got your new King James, but there's so much in the Amplified that just brings out what I want to share. So anyway, verse 10, it says, In conclusion, be strong in the Lord. Be empowered through your union with Him. Draw your strength from Him, that strength which is boundless might provides. So we're strong in the Lord. We're not strong in ourselves. Amen. We don't have to be strong. Thank God. Four, eleven and a half. Not telling you what I weigh. <laughs> but, you know, not a lot of strength, you know, maybe in the natural, in this body, of, you know. But I can be strong in the Lord. I can, he, it, he has exchanged his strength. Amen. Wow, we really got the good, the better end of the deal here, didn't we? (laughs) God, you know, we, but at at the same time as God giving us all that he has, we give God all we have. We belong to him. Everything we have is his. Amen. And we need to see it that way. We need to see it that way, that everything I have is yours, Father, because I'm in covenant with you. It's not mine, including me. Spirit, soul, body. I belong to him. Amen? Uh, So you're strong in the Lord, not in yourself. It says, I love this in the Amplified. It says, be empowered through your union with him. Empowered. Union's a covenant word. Union means the action of joining or being joined, just like in a marriage, right? The two shall become one. You're joined together. And it says that in Ephesians 2, 6, where it talks about comes out of Ephesians 1 about the prayer of taking our seat, which I would love to teach on, but I'm not because you get that from me a lot. But in Ephesians 2, 6, it says we have been given joint seating with Christ. That's your union. You've been given joint seating with Christ. That's part of that covenant. So draw your strength from him, that strength which is boundless might provides. Draw is is one of the definitions is pull. It's like to make a demand on something. Amen? So we're to draw our strength from him. It says it's boundless. So you can draw all you need. It's not going to run out. Amen? But that's what we should be doing. Every day we should be drawing our strength from him. Because just like I said at the beginning, Satan wants to make you weak. And he brings circumstances. He brings situations in your life to drain you, to make you weak. Just like this heat. (laughs) How many in this heat you get drained, don't you? You've got to take those breaks. you got to sit. you got to (laughs) hydrate. I hope you're hydrating. Drinking your water. But in the same way, we've got to do that with God. You know, take Take breaks all throughout the day. Take your God breaks. Just sit and draw from him. Close your eyes. Meditate on him. And, you, and I mean, it could be five or ten minutes. And you can get up and you're ready to go again. Amen? But draw your strength from him. Pull on him. Make that demand on him. And in verse 11 it says, Put on God's whole armor. The armor of a heavy armed soldier which God supplies that you may be successfully to stand up against all the strategies and the deceits of the devil. It's, his, it's Like I said, it's his armor and he supplies it. Uh, he wants us to successfully sta- to stand up against all the strategies and the deceits of the devil. So I was looking up strategies. I mean, you know, you kind of think you know. But I was, I was surprised to know it is a military term. And it means military operations during battle. Because we're in a battle. We are in a battle. When you made Jesus the Lord, well, actually, you're in a battle even if you didn't, (laughs) if you haven't. And I believe everyone here has. But especially when you become a child of God, it's like the enemy has a new target. (laughs) Right? Seriously. And so you've got to realize that we're in a battle every day. 
And that's why we shouldn't just, um, you know, just go by whatever we feel like doing that day. No, we, God's given us a plan. He's given us plan in his word. And if we'll stick to it, then you know what? We can be successful. Just like you wouldn't leave the house dressed in the morning, I do hope. You should not leave the house without your armor on. Amen? And like Pastor says, it's not like pretending. You don't sit at the end of your bed and pull on, you know, your gospel boots. No, it's making your, it's declaring what is on you. It's declaring what God has placed on you. And not only does it encourage you, but it lets the enemy know that I'm on the offense today. I'm not waiting for an attack. I'm on the offense. I'm clothed and I'm ready for battle. Amen? Amen. And if you take your seat, like I've taught you, then you also tell him that he's bound. That his maneuvers against you are paralyzed. You're not going to have any part of me today because the blood of Jesus covers me. Amen? So I got, my, got, my, got that in there. So anyway, so uh, strategies is a military term about battle. And then deceits. Now deceits is, you know, pretty obvious. Deception, lies. But it also is the practice of deceiving or, or uh, concealing or misrepresenting the truth. And isn't that just what he wants to do? He wants to misrepresent the truth. I, you know, I thought of Jesus when he was in the wilderness and Satan was tempting him. Every time he came with, to Jesus with the word, didn't he? And Jesus came to him with the word, right? Because Satan was misrepresenting the word. But Jesus said, no, it is written. And he gave the truth. <laughs> Amen. So you've got to realize that he's just wanting to misrepresent truth to you, to mess you up, to get you to stumble. That's what he's doing. So that's what deceits are. But we can successfully stand up against these deceits. Because verse 12 says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, and against spiritual wickedness in high places, which I never... In the mornings when I'm going over my armor, the next verse I declare is Colossians 2.15, which God disarmed the principalities and powers that were ranged against me. Because you can read that and think, you know, think of this big principalities, powers, but God disarmed them. It says he made a bold display and public example of them. In other words, he embarrassed them. He embarrassed them. Amen? He made a bold display, public example of them, triumphing over them in him, Christ, and in it, the cross. So he's already disarmed, okay? So this, our enemy's already disarmed, but he still has his strategies and deceits we have to stand against. Amen? So verse 13 says, Therefore put on God's complete armor, that you may be able to resist and stand your ground on the evil day of danger, and having done all the crisis demands, to stand firmly in your place. Amen? So, we learned through redemption, we've been given a new position, haven't we? We've been given a new position. So, what you want to always realize too, before I go on with that, I wanted to get this in here. We don't wrestle with people. People are not the problem. It can appear that people are the problem, but people are not the problem. It's the spirits that are driving the people that we deal with. Amen? So that's where you use your authority. Amen? Not against the people. Amen? So it says in verse 13 to put on. So that means to place a garment on or to activate. Activate. I like to think of it this way. My armor is voice activated. <laughs> right? I've got to voice it. Amen? Because it's available to me, but if I'm not activating it every day in my life, I'm not seeing it working for me every day in my life. Amen? So it also means to activate. Um, the word stand is an attitude or a position you take. The word resist means to withstand and stand against, to oppose, and to obstruct. Amen? Amen? 
So that's, that's our place. Amen? So the enemy's out there. But we're going to stand. We're going to withstand him. We're going to be like a roadblock to him. Wanting to do what he wants to do in our life, in our family, in our church. Amen? In the town, city where you live. You can be the force that stops the work of the enemy. Amen? You know, I've taught, taught, you, taught you that about taking your seat. Because I every morning, I take my seat for ponder. I hold the blood of Jesus over ponder and declare we'll have no works of death, destruction, or disaster. Lately, I've been getting mad because there have been too many fires. But we're not going to see any more fires. I've been declaring it, no more fires. You know, we have an awesome volunteer fire department, and they've been, they've been stretched. And uh, we need to pray for rain. Are y'all praying for rain? Amen. Okay. Yes, continue to pray for rain. Our, our land needs it. Amen. So anyway, so you can be that one that obstructs Satan's work in your life, in your family, in your town. Amen. Wherever you're at, in your business, where you work. I think of Miss Deb. I've seen her do this for years where she's worked. Get there early and pray and declare the blood of Jesus over that place and stop the work the enemy wanted to do there that day. You have that authority. Amen? Amen. And James 4, 7 says, resist the devil and what? He'll flee from you. But you're the resistance. You're the resistance. Amen? So now we get into the pieces of the armor. So he says, Stand therefore and hold your ground, having tightened the belt of truth around your loins, and having put on the breastplate of, of well, the uh, Amplified says, of integrity and right standing with God, but the breastplate of righteousness. Amen? So the belt of truth, you've got, you know, I, I do it this way. I say Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. I surround myself with Jesus today. That's John 14, 6. The, uh, John 17, 7 says the word is truth, right? God's word is truth. And we know Jesus is the word. I surround myself with Jesus. I surround myself with the word. I surround myself with the Holy Ghost because he's the spirit of truth. John 16, 13. And so I say that every day. I'm surrounded by truth. I'm a lover of truth. I'm a doer of truth. And it sets me free today. I'm not going to be deceived. I'm going to know. I'm not going to. The devil's not going to deceive me. Man's not going to deceive me. Because man will try to deceive you too. Right? There's a lot of schemers in the world. But I'm going to know the truth. And I make that declaration. I will know the truth. So you surround yourself with truth. That's like a belt. You know, a belt surrounds you. It holds you together. And I say that the truth holds me together today. Amen? And then your breastplate of righteousness. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, Jesus was made sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. It's another exchange. See that? It's covenant. That's covenant. He was made sin for us so we could be made righteous. He, ma he made that exchange for us. So more, it's more covenant terms. Amen? And um, I like to say, too, that I receive everything. Jesus' righteousness gives me a right to. Because in our own, we don't have rights. But I'm righteous with his righteousness. What does Jesus have a right to? Think about that. That's what you have a right to. You have a right to be healed. Amen? You have a right to be blessed. I mean, think about it. It's not, you're not, it's, you're not coming to God on your merit. It's, it's his. It's Jesus's. Oh, my goodness. What a plan. I love Miss Billy always says, what a planner. Oh, what a plan. What a plan God had before the foundation of the world that says Jesus was slain for us. So before sin ever even got into this earth, God already had a plan. And it was Jesus. Oh, it, that just excites me. But realize, you have a right to what Jesus has a right to because he's given you his righteousness. And I love uh, Isaiah 54. It says um, in verses 14 through 17, I, I, I quote this too, that my heart, you know, a breastplate covers your heart, right? So I say my heart is established in righteousness today. Because you know what? We can mess up in the flesh and feel and the enemy can make us feel guilty and 
Our conscience can make us feel guilty, which is a good thing. We want it to when we mess up because we want to repent and turn. (laughs) But we do have a flesh, so we're going to miss it, y'all. But your heart can be established in righteousness. Because what the enemy, this is one of his strategies, one of his deceits. Ooh, look, you missed it. Oh, you got no authority now. Right? That's what he wants you to think. But you say, no, 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 no. I'm established in righteousness. I'm far from oppression. I shall not fear. I'm far from terror. Shall not come near me. I, I learned that back, remember, when terrorism was our biggest threat. Yeah? Terror shall not come near me. Those that gather together against me fall for my sake, it says. And no weapon formed against me will prosper. And every tongue, including the devil's, every tongue, amen, that makes accusations against me will be shown to be in the wrong. For this is my heritage as a servant of the Lord, and my righteousness is from him. And there you go. You get right back. Amen? Back onto what God's called you to do. Because you're, you're established in it. So think of that. Your heart, your heart needs to be established. Just like a breastplate would cover your physical heart and protect you in battle. From, you know, you think of the spears and, and the fiery darts. R- righteousness will establish your heart. Amen. And then it says, um, And having shod your feet in preparation to face the enemy with the firm-footed stability, the promptness, and the readiness produced by the good news of the gospel of peace. So I, this, is, this is where I kind of take my seat in the mornings when I'm praying. is when I get to my feet. <laughs> because, it, you know, Joshua 1.3, I believe I got that right. Joshua 1.3, God told Joshua, everywhere the sole of your feet trod, you will possess for me. Right? As the children of Israel. Well, guess what? You're now engrafted in. And so everywhere the sole of our feet trod, we possess for God. And I love what I've heard Brother Hagin say. You, you do that naturally, but you do that in prayer. You can do that in prayer. You can be here and ponder, and you can be praying over Israel. You can take possession. You can possess for God in Israel. You can possess for God in Ukraine. You can possess for God wherever he needs you to possess in prayer. Amen? Because prayer has no borders. Amen? You can go anywhere in this world through prayer. Amen? So, I always say, everywhere the soul of my feet trod today, I possess for God because I take his kingdom, I take his dominion, and I take his authority because he's in me. 1 John 4, 4 says, Little children, you are of God and have already overcome them. For greater and mightier is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So I say that wherever I go. And I started saying this when, my goodness, how many years now is COVID? Two years with COVID? Everywhere I go today, the powers of darkness bow to the greater one inside of me, including COVID and every variant of COVID, no matter how many there are. Every pestilence that's on the earth, man-made and natural. Because there's going to be more, y'all. We're in the last days. There's going to be more. But it doesn't matter. It does not matter. Because the greater one lives in you. So I declare that. Everywhere the sole of my feet trod, I possess for him. And those powers have to bow. They have to bow no matter where I go. We're not going to have any violence. There's not going to be any shootings. There's not going to be any crime violence happening because they're going to bow to the greater one inside of me because they see him. You've got to realize, you know, you don't want to be spooky, but there's a spirit realm all around you. But they recognize God. Amen. Those fallen angels recognize a child of God and they recognize God in you. If you recognize God in you, if you're aware of God in you. Amen. So I declare that. Then I go to Luke 10, 19. You know, what does it say? Behold, I've given to you authority, delegated power to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power that the enemy possesses and nothing shall by any means hurt you. 
But nevertheless, we don't rejoice in that, that demons are subject to us, do we? We wish there weren't even demons to deal with, don't we? But we rejoice our names enrolled in heaven. It's because of who we belong to. It's because we're in a covenant. Because he's in us. Because of who we belong to. Amen? That's because we have dual citizenship, y'all. Our name's enrolled in heaven. We have citizenship in heaven, but we're also here on this earth. And we have citizenship here, and we have rights here. And that's why the only time the enemy can uh, have authority in your life is if you give it to him. Because God gave man authority on the earth. Amen? And too many times we've handed it over to the devil. But we don't have to. And I don't anymore. Not willingly. I mean, sometimes I say something dumb and think, oh. So I have to cast those words to the ground. <laughs> say, no, that's not going to happen because then I get the word in my mouth. It is written. Amen. Because we all, you know, we, we're going to say dumb things. It's okay. Don't get down on yourself when you say the dumb things. Because we all say the dumb things. But anyway, um, so declare. Because, it's because of whose I am. Don't, don't get on a power trip and don't get a big head. Because without him, you're nothing. Amen? So you declare, it's because my name's enrolled in heaven that I can trample today on serpents and scorpions and over all the power that the enemy possesses. Amen. Praise God. And then I go to Romans 5, 17. For if by one man's offense death reign by one, much more surely will those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness reign as kings in life through the one man, Jesus Christ, the anointed one, the Messiah. That's amplified. So we reign. We're to reign in life. We're to reign as kings. And what do kings do? Do they get out there with the sword and fight? No, they sit. And they give commands. Amen? And that's what we're to do. We're to take our seat. And we're to command how things are going to be. According to the word of God. Amen? Because it's not just what we're saying. It's what God has said. Amen? And so, um, so that's Romans 5.17, if you didn't get to write that down. And so then we go on to verse 16. And it says, Lift up over all the covering the shield of saving faith, upon which you can quench all the flaming missiles of the wicked one. You can quench them. All of them. It doesn't say 90% of them, but 10% will get in, so be prepared. No, he says we can quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Amen? So you've got to realize Romans 12, 3 says God has given you a measure of faith. Okay, this is more exchange, y'all. This is more covenant. God says, here, I'm going to give you a measure of my faith. He put his faith in us. This is not your faith. This is not faith you're trying to work up. This is God saying, I am taking a measure of me and my faith, and I'm putting it in you. Isn't that awesome? And then it's up to us to develop it. Just like Pastor says, Brother Hagin wasn't given a bigger measure of faith than you, but he developed it. Amen? You can develop yours. Amen? But you've been given a measure of faith, so your faith is based on the Word of God. That's what it's based on. Titus 1-2 says, God cannot lie. So our, our faith is based on absolute, absolute truth. Amen? There's not many absolutes left, but God's word will always be. It says in Psalm 119.89, his word's forever settled in heaven. It's settled. There's no changing it. There's no changing God. He, you know, one of the reasons God doesn't change, there's no need for God to change. God is perfect. Only thing that needs to change in life are things that are imperfect, that you can change, make better. 
There's, God doesn't change. He's perfect. Amen? And it also says in Matthew 24, 35, God's word will never pass away. So think about it. Everything we're looking at right now, these chairs, this carpet, this pulpit, everything we see is going to pass away. One of these days, it's going to be gone. It's going to burn up. Think about it. This entire planet. I told Pastor the other day, I said, I don't know, it might seem strange, but I apologize to God that he has to because of us. He made a beautiful world. This earth is, there's beautiful, I mean, so many beautiful places. So, so much beauty that God created for us to enjoy. And we ruined it. He's going to have to burn it up. Kind of sad, but... We're going to get a new heaven, and we're going to get a new earth where there's no sin, no decay. Amen? It's going to be wonderful. But that's what you've got to realize. Everything, because to us, in the natural, you know, things that we can feel, and touch, and smell, and taste, seem to be, you know, the concrete things. But really what we can't see is what's concrete, what's, you know, uh, absolute. It's the word, because this is all going to pass away. God's word will never pass away. Think about that. Never. Eternity. Has always, God has always been, always will be. It's hard for our brains to understand that, but it's the truth. It will never pass away. It says that the world's being held through the power of his word. It's being held in space. Isn't that amazing? Through his word. And he's given you the same authority to use his word. Think how powerful your words are. So powerful. I don't think we, when we get a revelation of that, you'll talk a lot less. (laughs) Have you learned that? I'm learning that. I talk a lot less. I'm more quiet now. Because I'm more aware that my words carry power and they're creating something. Do I really want to create what I almost just said? I don't think so. So only speak what you want to create. Yes, watch what you sing. That's good, Deb. Watch what you sing. And you know, the enemy, he loves to get things stuck in your head through a melody, you know? That's what he was, you know, he was the worship leader in heaven. I think that's why he works so much through music. Plus, that gets a hold of your soul. Right? And, you know, he, he wants to work through your soul to get you thinking on this. You know, you can hear a song from your teenage years and all of a sudden you're a teenager again. But you're really not. <laughs> but inside you feel like you are. Right? And it can take you back. I mean, it's amazing what a song can do. So you do. You have to be careful what you sing. So when next time you're in the grocery store, ladies, you know, because they play that music that we, they, they target us, don't they? Our age group right now, I think the 50 through, I don't know, 70, I don't know. <laughs> Praise God, 60 is the new 70, right? And fit, right? All that stuff. Yeah. We're renewed day by day. We're spirit. We're renewed day by day. Amen. That's why we feel so young. But um, yes, so be careful what you let come out of your mouth, even in songs. And um, so let's go to the next verse. So that's your shield of faith. Amen. So it's, it's based on the word of God and it's based in the blood of Jesus. Because everything we have in life, spiritually, is on the basis of the blood of Jesus. Because of Jesus taking our place and shedding his blood for us. It says in Revelations 12, 11, we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. So your faith is in the blood of Jesus. You, your pastor has taught so good on this. It's based on the word, but it's in the blood of Jesus. Because it's in the blood of Jesus that you got deliverance. It's in the blood of Jesus you got healing. It's in the blood of Jesus that you got redeemed from the curse. It's in the blood of Jesus it says that you're made rich. Second Corinthians 8, 9. 
For we know the grace of our, of our Lord Jesus Christ. That though, I love the Amplified, though he was so very rich, for your sake he became so very poor, that you through his poverty might be made enriched, it says. Enriched, abundantly supplied. Amen? So our faith is in, in anything you need in life, if it's healing for your body, if it's peace for your mind, if it's finances, you know, to live life, it's all been purchased by the blood of Jesus. So that's where you put your faith. It's in the blood of Jesus. It's perfect. It's incorruptible. Amen? And we overcome by it. And by the word of our testimony, we have to testify to the blood. You have to testify to the blood. That's why every day I tell you, you know, a lot of people, you know, they don't understand the concept of hold the blood. I don't understand what that means. The old timers called it pleading the blood, you know. But, you know, it's, it says in scripture that we're to plead our case before God. Well, it was the blood. If, you, if you're in a courtroom and you've got your, the accuser coming at you about things that you've done, because we've all done some stuff, haven't we? But what do we claim? We plead the blood. Amen? Just like you can plead to be innocent, we plead the blood. Because it's the blood that forgave us of every stupid thing we've ever done and that we will ever do. So you plead the blood. And that's why I tell you, hold the blood over yourself every day over your family, over your home, over everything that pertains to you. I do that over the church every day, over the, the building itself, but most importantly, our place, spiritually. Because God opened a door no man can shut. No man's going to shut it, and no demon's going to shut it. And I let him know that every day. This church will go on. We will fulfill the heavenly vision. Amen? It doesn't matter what it looks like. I mean, I know we're in a time right now. I don't know. Does anybody just feel an excitement that things are about to break loose? Something's about to happen. I mean, I've just been feeling that for months now. And every word that God said, what does he say? My covenant I will not break, nor alter the thing that has gone forth from my lips. That's what he has said in his word, and that's also what he says through his prophets. What he says through words of knowledge. So I stand on that every day. That this church is going to be so full. Enjoy these days right now. Of just being able just to sit and talk with everybody. Because you know what? Those days are going to be over. This, the, even this little sanctuary is going to be filled. And when that building gets built, we're going to fill it. Amen? Because that's what God has said. He said, you're not even going to have to find them. They're going to find you. And your pastor will have that army he's been trained to command. It's going to be fun. But it's going to be busy. Amen? So enjoy the times right now when we're just, you know. There's nothing wrong with having a church the size that we're we are right now. Don't ever let the enemy lie to you and say, well, look at the big church over here. Praise God for the big church over there. But they weren't always big. Amen? So anyway, didn't mean to get off on that. So anyway, so that's where your faith is in. It's in the blood of Jesus. So plead the blood. Hold the blood over your life every day. Amen? But that is also what quenches those fiery darts. They won't penetrate. Amen? When you activate that shield of faith. They fall at your feet quenched. That's what I say. You're going to fall at my feet quenched today. Every fiery dart. You will not penetrate. In Jesus' name. Amen? Okay. So uh, let, me, let me look over my notes. Because I don't want to forget anything really good that the Holy Ghost gave me. Oh yes. Thank you Holy Ghost. So covenants require blood to be shed. Words to be spoken. In Ephesians 1.7. It says we're redeemed by his blood. And Ephesians 2.13 says we are brought near by his blood so we no longer have to be a stranger to the covenant. Because with before God, we were strangers to this covenant. But guess what? You're not anymore. You may not know it. You know if you haven't been taught. But if you're a born-again child of God, if you have believed in your heart 
and confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. You've been brought to the family of God and you are now part of this covenant. And you should no longer be a stranger to it. Amen. He wants you to know it and he wants you to enjoy it. Amen. So every time Jesus shed his blood, he purchased something for us. You've been taught that. Every time he purchased something for us. So the fiery darts cannot penetrate when our shield is activated and worry and fear are quenched. Because what, you know, faith, I love what Brother Terry has, has always says, faith and fear can't live in the same house. So that fear gets quenched. Worry gets quenched when you have your shield of faith activated. Amen? Okay, helmet of salvation, verse 17. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword that the Spirit wields, which is the Word of God. So, salvation. Most of you know the meaning of salvation. It means deliverance, healing, preservation, wholeness, wellness, and protection. And I say it this way. Salvation thoughts cover my mind today just like a helmet would cover my head. That's what I'm going to think on today. When the enemy gives you a pain or a symptom or a bad report or uh, something with your finances, whatever it is, you say, no, no, no. I have on my helmet of salvation. I'm delivered. I'm healed. I'm preserved. I'm made whole. I have wellness. I'm protected. You know, whatever it may be. If it variant 15, it don't matter. I'm protected. Hallelujah. I am protected. And also, Philippians 4, 8. Oh, uh, Merritt, can you bring me my phone? I wanted to read this to you off, out of a different translation than I have. Thank you, sweetie. Philippians 4, 8. How many of you know Philippians 4, 8? Y'all know that one? Okay. This is, <clears throat> I think this is the new Amplified. But it says, finally, believers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable and worthy of respect, whatever is right and confirmed by God's word. Whatever is confirmed by God's word, whatever is pure and wholesome, whatever is lovely and brings peace. Is that right there? My goodness, whatever brings peace, whatever is admirable and of good report, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think continually on these things. Center your mind on them and implant them in your heart. Don't you love that? So in other words, your mind has been given an assignment. This is what you think on. Anything contrary to that? Mm-mm. You were given a command. This is what you think on. And this is what you set your heart on. Isn't that wonderful? I have permission not to worry. I love it. That's how I look at it. I have permission not to worry. I, you know, because I, I, I've been commanded. Because the world will tell you, you're not a very good whatever position you're in if you're not worried about this person in your life or whatever. You know? No, 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 no. Mm-mm. It says all flesh. But God says that this is what you think on. So anything contrary to that, I'm not thinking on it. That's considering not. That's what Abraham did. And you know, Abraham understood covenant. He walked through blood with God. Think about that. He walked through blood with God. And guess what? You through, through salvation... You have walked through blood with God through Jesus. Amen? We should think covenant just like Abraham did, just like David did. Why did David say to Goliath, you uncircumcised Philistine? He was ashamed of his brothers. What is wrong with you? You've got the same covenant I have. But they had forgotten it. They, weren't, they didn't have it activated. They weren't aware of it. <clears throat> Excuse me. They weren't aware of their covenant. Amen? So... No matter what we stand up against, just like Goliath, it doesn't have a covenant. You do. Amen? Amen. So that's what we're to set our minds on. That's what we're to think on. Amen? Um, Philippians 4.8, I gave you that. Okay. Sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. 
Amen. I love how the Amplified says that. The sword that the Spirit wields. I see the Holy Ghost just using it like a sword. Because that's what that means. The sword that the Spirit wields. Which is the Word of God. So we're to take that sword. We're to put it in our mouth. Right? We speak it. That's how we use our sword. We speak it. We're, you know, it talks about Jesus. That two-edged sword coming out of his mouth. Because it's his word. Amen. So Hebrews 4.12 says it's living and it's active. It's active. Isaiah 55. Let's go to Isaiah 55. And this will be the last scripture I give you for today. And I need to get y'all moving. I'm sorry. I've just been quoting and not giving y'all scriptures to turn to. <laughs> so let's turn to this one. Isaiah 55, and we're going to read verses 10 and 11. And it says, everybody, wait, I'll wait. I still hear pages turning. Okay, I'm not going to wait too long, y'all. <laughs> okay. For as the rain and snow come down from heaven and return not there again, but water the earth and make it bring forth and sprout, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be. Think about that. You, we see the effects of the rain, don't we? There, you should see the effects of the word. So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return to me void without producing any effect or useless but it shall accomplish that which I please and purpose, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Amen? That's how important it is that you speak God's word. That you don't just know God's word, but you speak God's word. Because it won't return to him without producing. It's producing something in your life. It's producing something around your life. Amen? His word, when it's returned to him, it says in Jeremiah 1.12, he'll watch over that word and he'll perform it. Amen? It says in Psalms 103.20 that angels will hearken to it. Amen? It gives angels something to do. Your angels get bored when you're not speaking the word, y'all. Don't make your angels bored. Amen? Keep them busy. Keep them busy. I was listening to Brother Terry this week on the, on the podcast talking about Peter getting out of that boat. Those angels were just waiting. They're like, he said they probably stood at attention. Do you see that? Because all of heaven is waiting, right? Heaven wants to move. They're, they're, it's searching the earth to see if someone is going to believe and speak the word. Because when we speak it, heaven moves. Amen? So those angels were able to move. Just like he said, I don't know if they made Peter light or the water hard, but he walked on water. Amen? From one word, come. And that's what we do. We walk on the word that we speak. We can walk on that word. So he'll watch over it to perform it. Angels will hearken to it and demons will flee from it. Amen? Matthew 4, when Jesus stood against every temptation that we would ever have to face, he overcame, overcame it with the word. Even though Satan was trying to mis misrepresent the truth, Jesus spoke the truth. And he had to leave. <laughs> Amen? He had to leave. He had to flee. So I just want y'all to know that you do not have to be weak just because Satan wants to make us weak and the world wants to make you weak. God has made you strong. Amen. You are strong in the Lord and you, you can be empowered through your union, your covenant with him. Every day, thank covenant. If you have to write it on your mirror, if you have to stick it to the ceiling so you see it when you wake up in the morning, Thank covenant. Thank covenant. Because you're in covenant with Almighty God. And there is nothing too hard for Him. Nothing at all. Nothing's impossible. Hallelujah. Nothing's impossible for Him who believes. Amen. 
And God said, we're going out of here a glorious church, y'all. A glorious church. And that glory is in you because God is in you. The greater one is in you. Amen. And we're going to walk worthy of that in these last days. I speak that over us. We're going to walk worthy of our calling. Amen. Because it's not just for you. It's for all those around you. It's your family. It's your children. It's your grandchildren. Amen. God's a God of family and heritage. We're his heritage. We're his portion, it says. Amen. He's invested a lot in you. Amen. And we're going to be good stewards of what he's invested in us. Amen. Amen. We pray you were blessed by the message we were able to share with you today. For more spiritual resources that can help you in your walk with God, or to find out more about our ministry, just go to our website at cffchurch.com. You will find additional teachings by video, audio, and printed resources that will be a blessing to you. May God's very best be yours.